RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 79. We are on and popping. I'm Tim Loy, your host, president of Valor Fights, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. Had another big week of uh, MMA on television this past week with UFC 228 going down. We're going to talk all about that and uh, also a preview for the UFC Russia card coming up this weekend. We'll also recap how we did on our first week of uh, official betting advice, if you will. Uh, I, Justin, how's it going, man? How, how's your week been uh, after uh, after UFC 228? Going good, man. Just uh, getting ready for the hurricanes to come through. That's right. Justin is over in North Kakalaki, where uh, it looks like the whole East Coast is about to get uh, shit on. What's uh, what's it like uh, in your neck of the woods? Is it, are people moving inland towards you, or are you guys supposed to be getting out? What's going on? Um, it looks like it's going to hit us pretty hard in Charlotte. Um, I think a lot of people are leaving here. People are out at the grocery store buying everything up right now, but um, who knows? I mean, it's still a couple days before it gets here, so they could do anything before then. What's your plan? You batting down? You batting down the hatches, or are you uh, taking cover? I think I'm, uh, I'm just gonna hang out, stick it out. <laughs> so this will be your, your first hurricane? No, no, I've been through a few. Oh, right on. You're he's a seasoned vet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been I've been through real ones, like you know, at the beach. So yeah, no doubt. Well, to get this episode started, we're gonna recap a uh, a big UFC 228 pay per view card. Top to bottom, uh, a lot of finishes. We we had a lot of a lot of, of violent finishes and uh, a few decisions as well. A few upsets, uh, a few fights that didn't even happen. We'll get into all that as we go along. Of course, uh, the kind of the top news on that card was uh, at the last minute, uh, Nico Montano, defending uh, flyweight champion, hospitalized due to weight cut concerns. The fight with Valentina Shevchenko canceled at the last minute. Very much a bummer to me because I was uh, ready to hammer that under three and a half rounds. I felt very confident in that. And uh, at the end of the day, that fight just didn't happen. Uh, as a result, uh, Nico has been stripped of that 125-pound championship title by UFC Brass. Now, Valentina Shevchenko will uh, fight someone else for that. They're talk- there's talking about uh, Ioana, some other names floating about. Uh, your thoughts on the withdrawal of Nico Montano, Justin? Was it legit? Was she? Uh, was she? Is she intimidated by Valentina? They're talking to to Valentina afterward, you know, she said that. You know, there's no doubt that Nico's scared. She won out of this fight. Then I've heard some some video clips from Nico saying that Valentina's the one that's scared and that she she was wishing that this fight got canceled and essentially uh, was talking about it the whole time just to, to try to try to, I guess, <laughs> whittle that into uh, fruition. What's your take? Uh, I don't know where she would be able to come up with that. At. Apparently, she came in on Tuesday at like 147. So she was like 23 pounds, 22 pounds over with three days to cut, you know, and at 125 pounds, I mean, you're talking about a high percentage of a body weight to lose. She, I don't think she planned on, on making weight when, when she uh, landed in Dallas. Definitely a bummer that that fight uh, didn't go off. That that said, the card's still pretty good. I heard the ratings were were not great for it. I know their television ratings were not very good. I'm not sure about the pay per view buy numbers. I'd say overall, um, you know, losing that fight. I don't know how much it really hurt at the end of the day. I think people were definitely, uh, you know, kind of curious, like in a car wreck kind of way, to see how uh, Shevchenko was going to win. But I don't know how much it truly affected. The pay-per-view buy rates would that if you know if your average Joe fan Justin would that uh, losing that fight would have made the difference in you deciding whether or not to uh, to spend your money? No, I don't think so. I don't think that fight was high enough profile for um, for just the everyday fan to really get up for. Uh, the card didn't look like it was going to be all that great, but you know, really, I, I can't think of of a better card all around recently. 
um, just as far as finishes and, and fights go all together. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. I, we, we had a good time watching it. We'll dive right on into it with the fight pass prelims. We opened up with, you know, whenever they uh, when they when they lost that fight, it shifted the order around a little bit. So now we ended up opening with flyweight action. Jared, the monkey god, Brooks steps up on short notice to defeat Roberto Sanchez by a split decision. Good, good fight. It was back and forth. Sanchez had some uh, submission attempts deep. Uh, trying for heel hooks, knee bars, things like that. But Brooks, um, you know, just too active, too, 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 too much wrestling. And uh, at the end of the day, he takes a split decision. Neither Justin nor I touched that with the books. Uh, did you get a chance to see that fight, Justin? Any any take on it? I actually didn't see the first two fights. I hadn't gotten a chance to go back and watch them yet. Yeah, the uh, the it was uh, you know it was an action fight. It wasn't bad. I think Brooks definitely needed that win uh, coming off of the loss to. Uh, Joby San or not, not Joby Sanchez, uh, Shorty Torres, uh, where he knocked himself out with a slam. So he's back on the winning track. Moves to fourteen and two. Roberto Sanchez drops to eight and two. Uh, the second fight was ladies' action at one hundred thirty-five pounds, and yet another split decision as Irene Aldana uh, ekes out the decision over Lucy Pudlova. It was uh, another back and forth when they were both uh, battered and bruised. And at the end of the day, Irene Aldana gets the win. And if you followed me, I told you to take Irene Aldana. And we got that win there with her uh, with her as a uh, a very slight favorite at minus 130. Uh, moving on to the next bout uh, on the uh, prelims. Now we get into some action where we had, uh, you know, some some notable vets. Uh, Jim Miller taking on Alex White. Jim Miller, the underdog in this contest. A lot of people thought he might be shot that Alex White might just be a little too physical for him. However, Jim Miller proves everyone wrong. Pretty dominant submission, rear naked choke, just about a minute and a half into round number one. As he climbs to 29 and 12, Alex White falls to 12 and 5, and that was the pick that Mr. Justin Watson gave you as he rode Jim Miller to plus 130 dog money. Uh, what was your thoughts on this one, man? Jim Miller, is he, is, he, is, he, is he here to make another run, or did he just show a little too much uh, veteran savvy for, for Mr. White? I don't think Jim Miller will be making any more runs. Um, I mean, it was kind of, you know, he just kind of went in there just running and throwing punches and overwhelmed him, really. Um, but it was good to see him get a win after losing so many in a row. Yeah, no doubt. That's a that's a guy that it's easy to get behind. A good guy and, uh, you know, a guy that's been around a long time. Good ambassador for the sport. Congrats to Jim Miller. Uh, and then we move on uh, to yet another vet. As, uh, as And another underdog, for that matter, as uh, Craig White was favored by, uh, man, he was over 200 by the time it went off. It was minus 220, give or take. Uh, but Diego Sanchez, uh, kind of the same story as the last. A lot of people thought he was shot, that, you know, anybody that was uh, halfway decent was going to have a chance to beat him. And, uh, man, tell you what, Diego Sanchez, from the weigh-in on, looked very dialed in. If you saw the weigh-ins, Craig White gave him a little a little peck on the lips, a little, a little kiss. They got, they got uh, Diego, the dream Sanchez, pretty fired up. And I was like, man, this guy, he's dialed in. It's, uh, this could be, uh, he could be in for a better fight than we we're anticipating. I would have, uh, I honestly, I, we, neither one of us took a play on this fight, but I would have probably faded Diego Sanchez, to tell you the truth. He proved me wrong and a lot of other people wrong as he goes out there and gets a, uh, and gets a unanimous decision win over Craig White. Uh, same question as the last one. Diego Sanchez, is he back? Is he making a run or is he just kind of weeding out the lower tier, if you will? Yeah, um, I mean, you'll see him fight a few more times probably. It's crazy. You know, he's the last one from the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. Yes. He's the last one left. He did yeah. exactly what he was going to have to do to go in there and win. I just didn't think there was any possible way he was going to do it. Um, yeah, but, no I mean, unanimous all three rounds. It was, it was awesome to see Diego win. Always a day, always a pleasure to watch Diego fight too. That's one of those that I was I was glad it was on Fight Pass because we got to see his entrance. If it'd been on FX, we wouldn't have. And that's always to me kind of a a highlight is a Diego Sanchez entrance. Uh, that that was it for the uh, that was it for the uh, the Fight Pass portion. We moved on to the FX portion of the card. They started off with another high action fight. 
And uh, another underdog comes through as Darren Stewart wins with a big KO by elbow uh, about halfway through round number two. He climbs to nine and three with a, dis- uh, with, a, with a win over Charles Bird, who falls to 10 and five. Charles Bird was a, a, uh, you know, a medium-sized favorite in that fight. I probably would have chosen Bird as well. But uh, we, you, you and I both stayed off of that one officially on our picks. And Darren Stewart uh, comes through with underdog money. And if you're keeping up, that is... Uh, three consecutive underdogs that hit on this card between Jim Miller, Diego Sanchez, and Darren Stewart. And uh, Stewart got him out of there in very vicious uh, fashion, right, Justin? Yeah, he, he came out like a monster in the second round. Um, and, uh, yeah, he came to finish for sure. He had, it was one of those where you saw it coming, too. You know, he, he really had him hurt along the cage, and, and Bird was just, you know, ready to go. And he finally measured him up, blasting him with a big elbow. Gets him out of there. Congrats to Darren Stewart. Moving on uh, to welterweight action. As uh, we saw another big knockout again in the second round is Jeff Neal, another one of these uh, legacy fighting um, alum out of Texas. He climbs to 10-2 and two with a second round head kick knockout over a very tough Frank Camacho. And this is one that, you know, I said last week, this is one that is going to be uh, that is that is going to be action. Both of these guys are uh, are high action, high output fighters. Camacho's got a you know generally a great chin, and there was a few times you know where where Neil touched uh, Camacho up, and Camacho just laughed and said, "Come on, bring it on." It wasn't long after that he hit a big head kick, and uh, Camacho didn't get back up. If you were uh, following along with the picks. You would have uh, seen that uh, I had Jeff Neal on that one, very confident in that one, and Jeff Neal uh, gets the win for our for our picks and uh, and uh, and improves his record uh, to ten and two. What do you think about that big head kick? The head kick was crazy. Jeff Neal looked great. Um, he stayed super composed and then calm. Um, you know, he knew what he was doing. You know, from the start, and uh, Demacher tried to get him out out of his game. You know. Um, doing his little war screams and stuff, but Jeff Neal just, you know, put on a clinic, really. Yeah, that's right. There was a, there was one moment where he really clocked Camacho good, and Camacho, yeah, that's about it. The best uh, the best description, a, a war scream. He came out of the corner and just and just howled, and, and like I say, it wasn't long after that that he he was put down. But Camacho's an action fighter. I don't think that he'll be cut. He doesn't usually have. Uh, bad fights. He's a guy that, you know, probably won't ever make it to the upper echelon, but will be a good gatekeeper and, and a guy that they know will put on exciting fights on the lower end of the card. Um, moving on then to the co-main event on the undercard on FX, it was Bantamweight action as Aljamain Sterling, the funk master, he improves to 16-3 and with a second round knee bar submission over Cody Stamen. This was a fight that I opted not to take, but had I, had I picked, I probably would have taken Cody Stamen with the plus money. However, Justin was wise. He advised you guys to take uh, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling uh, picks up the money, picks up the win, and uh, very, very impressive. What do you think about uh, the Funk Master? Aljo's a beast, man. Um, he's going to do big things in this division, I, I feel like. He did awesome, uh, that knee bar from the back. You see that quite a bit. I, mean, I, I see it all the time. I, I wonder why the guys don't go for it. And, uh, man, he snatched it up. It was crazy. We saw it again later on in the night, too. Did you see where he has called out uh, Cruz? Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that? Uh, I, uh, I don't think that'll happen. I, mean, it's, I, don't, I don't think you'll get Cruz to take that fight, um, which is probably smart uh, on, his, on his end. Cruz needs to, just, you know, he's made a name for himself. He can just sit around and wait. Uh, and, you know, whether TJ goes down and, and uh, tries to fight Cejudo, or he defends his title. I mean, I think that uh, if he defends his title, it's probably going to be Dominic. So I don't think Dominic will take anything else right now for sure. Yeah, it's hard to blame him. It's kind of one of those, is the juice worth the squeeze? It's a, it's a tough fight. Does it really do a lot for him to, to, to win, you know? So uh, I'd have to probably agree with you there. Moving on to the feature bout on the preliminaries. And this one, uh, man, this one was not as close as we expected. Uh, Tatiana Suarez uh, remains undefeated with a vicious and dominating third round uh, ground and pound TKO victory. And um, that was over Carla Esparza. Both Justin and I took a little flyer on that when we both took half a unit on uh, Carla Esparza just because she was coming back at 
it's such good money. You know, that was she was coming back at plus four twenty. I had to take a shot at that one, as did Justin, just because the the odds were so great. But man, this this couldn't have been more one sided. If you took Tatiana Suarez on DraftKings, you know, you racked up like hundred and seventy three points. I've not seen that in in a long time. Uh, it was absolutely brutal. And uh, and Esparza is tough. You know, I mean, this is she's she's an elite. She's an elite fighter. She's she is a former world champion. Suarez made it look easy and uh, and well worth her hefty favorite asking price. What do you think about this one? Uh, I think it went exactly like I, I expected. Um, like you said, I, I took Carla just because being such a veteran. I mean, with you know being that big of an underdog, you know, might as well throw something on there. Um, but I didn't expect her to have anything for Suarez. Uh, she her wrestling is just on another level. Um, she's, you know, she talked about, you know, wanting a title shot next. That's not going to happen. Um, Andrade is, is going to get the next title shot. I don't know if, uh, if Joanna's going to stay in this, in this weight division, if she's going to go up. Um, but if she stays around, that'd be a fun fight to watch. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Joanna's got a really good takedown defense, but like, you know, again, she never fought anybody like Suarez. So, um, could you see, uh, could Gedalia maybe being a good next match? Uh, I would love that match. Uh, I think Suarez would, would walk all over Claudia Gadelia. Yeah, I think I, I do. I do as well. I see that as a good kind of next step up for her. If you know the Joanna fight doesn't present itself and she moves up to one twenty five, otherwise, of course, uh, you know uh, that that would be that's a main event worthy fight for sure. Um, Moving on to the main portion of the card, and uh, this is uh, we had a, we had another really violent one here as uh, Abdul Razak El Hassan uh, defeats Nico Price first round KO TKO if you will uh, only took forty three seconds. Both these guys had their moments. Nico, you know, he traded and landed some good things too. Uh, if you were following along with us, Justin and I both on the losing end of this one as we both took Nico Price at underdog money. In my opinion, this was very much a toss up fight, just depending on how it, where it went and how it went. But man, the power of Al Hassan is just uh, it can't be questioned, and uh, I'll have a hard time fading him in the future. What do you think? Man, that guy just likes to go in there and bang. That's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen when when he gets somebody that's not willing to do that. Nico didn't have to do that. Um, is the thing Nico Nico should have just taken him down and and fought his fight. But I don't know. I guess he thought he wanted to put on a show. But Alison hits you. I mean, it's lights out. <laughs> No doubt. Uh, moving on, we had an, a, 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 I'm sorry, a bantamweight feature as Jimmy Rivera climbs to 22 and two with a big win over John Dodson by unanimous decision. I of course called that one. That was one of my favorite picks. There, Jimmy Rivera gets the win for me. Uh, however, uh, Justin takes the underdog. John Dodson takes the loss on that one. Not a great, not a very. That was one of the few fights where I kind of zoned out a little bit and just kind of got on my phone and, you know, dicking around. And that was one of the few fights that didn't really hold my attention. I don't think there was, uh, you know, it, there wasn't just near as much engagement as what I expected. And uh, Rivera is just a bigger guy. Uh, I was able to land good leg kicks. And it was just kind of one of those, uh, you know, kind of tit for tat kind of fights. Nothing, not a whole lot ever really happened. What What was your opinion? And is it, does this win uh, put Rivera back up in the mix with the elite 135s? Or uh, you think he needs another couple before we see him back up there and with the, with the big dogs? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that it, it does anything great for him. Um, I think he still looked timid. Dawson looked horrible. He, he, he wasn't engaging. Um, just, I don't know. He hasn't been himself for a while. And, uh, I thought he was going to come back and, and be able to do something uh, this weekend. But Jimmy Rivera, I don't know. He, he was just a little too timid. Um, like you said, the fight was just pretty boring all around. Feature bout. Saw Zabit Magomed Shuripov climb to 16-1. and one. Like we said last week, this guy's this is the next big thing. This is the one that they're really wanting to angle in into those main event type fights. Not a whole lot of people lining up to fight him. Uh, originally supposed to be Yair Rodriguez. Uh, ends up being Brandon Davis on short notice. He put up a pretty good accounting for himself. I really probably 
Um, I would have probably anticipated an even quicker finish for Zabit than it was. As it was, he, he got a submission via knee bar, not the first knee bar of the night. Uh, a little over halfway through round two, uh, Davis falls to nine and six, still puts up a good accounting for himself and his his willingness to step up into not the most favorable spots on short notice, I'm sure, combined with his uh, proclivity for putting on exciting fights will keep him around uh, in the UFC for, for at least a couple more fights. What do you think? The beat didn't do much in the first round. Uh, kind of, I guess, I guess just filling out Davis uh, with the switch of opponents. You know, maybe he, he just uh, wanted to see what he was like a little bit. Uh, he didn't look great in the second round, I didn't think. I mean, he, he had a nice trip. Um, and a, the knee bar was, was great, but, you know, I don't know. His stand-up is, he does a lot of wild stuff. He's just really sloppy with it. Um, I just, I think somebody's going to end up catching him, uh, on one of those, but pretty interesting. That was only, there was only one other knee bar in the UFC before that, um, from the back like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then, yeah, they hit two of the exact same one in the same night. So... What do you think's next for Zabit? You think they're going to really step him up into a, a main event, co-main event type fight? They try to chase back that Yair, Yair Rodriguez fight? What do you think? Uh, he asked for Chad Mendez. Afterwards, he had talked about Jose Aldo uh, earlier in the week. Chad Mendez would be a, a, a great test for him. I don't. I, I don't think he could. He could hang with Chad Mendez. Um, I think that's that's throwing him a little too high. Definitely needs uh, somebody in the top ten, though. You know. Uh, enough showcase fights. Fights. We've, we've seen what he can potentially do. You know, it's, now it's time to see if he can do it against somebody who um, who can really hold their own. Both Justin and I passed on that minus thirteen hundred or minus fourteen hundred action for Zabit. Too rich for our blood. If you were willing to go in on it, you won you a little bit of a little bit of change on it. Uh, co-main event. Originally supposed to be that title fight we spoke about that fell apart earlier with Shevchenko and Montano. Instead, it is a, uh, a strawweight fight that is featured as the co-main event as Jessica Andrade climbs to 19-6 and six with a, uh, a big knockout of Karolina Kovalkiewicz, who drops to 12-3 and three, about two minutes into the first round. And, uh, you know, I stayed off of this one. How Justin, uh, he was willing to lay the 4-1 to odds on Andrade. It didn't end up being too much of a... Uh, too much of anything to hold our breath over as she, man, she looked awesome. I, I would have called maybe a finish by submission, but I did not expect her to go up there and just put hands on uh, Kovalkiewicz, who's a really good striker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrade is, you know, just a pressure fighter, uh, you know, aggressive with takedowns, but um, that was one of the nicest knockouts you're going to see in any division, you know, anywhere in the world. Well, and, and you know, and she seems to have really turned a corner. It seemed like maybe she had stagnated for a little bit, and now all of a sudden she's like out there really turning it on, kicking ass. Do you think she can give Rose a run? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, her last loss was to Joanna. Um, you know, before that, she hadn't lost uh, since 2015. Um, yeah, I think she's, she's, uh, she's trouble for Rose. I don't know though. I mean, at the same time, you know, Rose's ground game is is top notch. So, you know, if Andrade gets on top of her and and can be, you know, top heavy enough uh, to avoid the submissions, then you know, it could be a fun fight. I don't know. Rose could catch her though. Do you think that is a fight that can stand alone as a main event on a pay per view? Would that get your money, or is that still a uh, still a backseat co main event type fight? It would get my money. Not, uh, I don't think that. I mean, I, I don't think it would do a hundred thousand pay per view buys though. I think uh, you'd just... only get. I think you'd only get, you know, the real hardcore. Um, I mean, unless you just really stack the card. I mean, it, it had to be, you know, the fights under it would have to be way better than it. I would have to agree with you. I, I don't know that it just on star power it could stand alone at the top. I think it would be an awesome fight. I do think it'd be great, but maybe more as like a main event, like on a Fox card, you know, mm-hmm. or what is about to be an ESPN card, if you will. So, or know. or co-main event to a to a really really big fight. I mean, uh, you know, it, they don't have time to do this obviously, but if you were, if, if that was a co-main event to Connor and Habib. You know, oh, they can yeah. get tons and tons of eyes on that division. 
Um, and and two, of the, two of the best in the world, hands down. Um, so it would bring a lot of attention to him. I think that that, that probably would best, best fit that fight. I uh, would try to put it, put it on there with John Jones when he gets back, um, you know, as a co-main event. Somebody, somebody that, that's really going to sell. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Moving on to the main event. This was the big one everybody was talking about. It was Tyron Woodley, the reigning and defending UFC welterweight champion of the world, defending that strap against Darren Till, who comes in undefeated at 17-0-1. A lot of hype behind Till. I think think a lot of people were hoping that Till would pull this off. You know, Woodley got a lot of boos. Uh, it seemed like people were really behind Till to win. Mark Laws is messaging me, telling me that it was uh, it was a lock. He had a he knew now for sure after watching these guys that Till was Till was going to get it done. This is after he told us that there's no way Diego Sanchez could win, of course, as well. But, uh, Tyron Woodley and Till was uh, very close in the first round. It was back and forth. I wasn't sure which way it was going to go at that point. Till had some good moments. Second round, Woodley drops him. And from there, uh, it was just a, it was just a barrage. I mean, he beat the shit out of him from the top, uh, and was very, very dominant. Finally, gets in with a Dars choke, uh, just a little bit over four minutes into round number two to retain that title, take some shine off of Till, and uh, and put on. You know, honestly, Woodley put on. You know, he, he he looked for the finish. He didn't play it safe. And and for the record, that was another Justin Watson play. If he t- he told you guys to bet that one straight up, even money on Woodley, so you got a nice return there uh, on your money if you took Woodley. And I did. I didn't. Uh, I didn't take him on my official picks here, but I bet him and I won. What you think? Uh, I, I was I gained confidence at, at the end of the first round. I think Darren Till only landed two punches the entire fight. I'm pretty sure. Um, That's what my DraftKings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two punches. Uh, I mean, Tyron threw a couple, threw a couple shots that didn't didn't fully land. Uh, Till kind of blocked him a little bit, but you could see just the power that Tyron has. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's crazy. Darren Till's way bigger than him, and when Tyron hit him, he just, you know, it, it played a big big effect on him. Um, the top game was insane. I mean. Tyron's whole body was just going into every elbow he was throwing. That's amazing that that Darren still, or Darren still stayed awake, uh, really. Um, and then you know, great choke to finish it off. Got his black belt. That seemed like that was the highlight of the night for him. Oh yeah, you could tell that that meant a lot to him. Congrats to Tyron Woodley. Of course, we saw uh, our man Gerald Mearshart in the corner there. Valor Fights alum, now a uh, UFC star himself. I know him to be one of the uh, main training partners there uh, with uh, with T. Wood. So uh, good seeing him there in the corner as well. Uh, the of the nights, uh, well, there wasn't really of the nights per se, I guess. They were performance bonuses, they call them. Well, I guess we can call it of the night because they were. Uh, finishes. Tyron Woodley, uh, $50,000 bonus with his submission. Uh, Jessica Andras, $50,000 bonus for her knockout. And then the fight of the night, uh, Irene Aldana and Lucy Kudlova. That was, uh, like I said, it was a war. It was back and forth. Very close fight. Uh, that was the uh, the fight of the night. So $50,000 bonus to all of those folks. Congratulations to them. Uh, a recap of our picks. If you were following along and betting with us, you did not lose money either way. Uh, looking at the... Uh, the kind of the final results I had, uh, Irene Aldana, uh, Jeffrey Neal, uh, Jimmy Rivera and a parlay with, uh, Irene Aldana and Jimmy Rivera. Those were all winners. I lost on, um, <clears throat> I lost on Nico price. I lost, uh, on a parlay that Alex white blew up for me where Jeff Neal had hit the other side. And then I lost a couple little half unit flyers on Carlos Barza and the under in the Irene Aldana fight. Uh, where, so I ended up right at uh, 0.96 units to the good uh, after you factor in the juice and all. Almost a full unit to the good. Not uh, not huge winnings, but you didn't lose. And that's all I can – that's all I really care about. 
of course, Justin uh, doing a little bit better than me. He gets a win um, on Aljamain Sterling. He gets a win on Jessica Andrade, a win on Tyron Woodley, and then a plus win, a plus 130 win on Jim Miller uh, with nice underdog money there. He takes a loss um, on Nico Price along with John Dodson and then a half unit loss on the uh, Carla Esparza flyer we both flamed out on. He finishes up 1.8 units, which is a nice, that's almost two units up. That's a nice haul for the night. Um, You're welcome, folks, and we will try to do uh, more for you uh, tonight. Uh, However, uh, before we get into all that, uh, we will preface that with uh, the fact that, man, this is a lot of Russians on a fight in Russia. We are familiar with some people. We're going to do our best, but it's probably going to be an abbreviated set of picks from the both of us tonight. Uh, Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, this this is tough. It's crazy, like, the, the separation in the odds. Like, the Russians are, like, you know, five and six to one favorites in, in all the fights. Oh, yeah. yeah no doubt. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the most comfortable undergarments, socks, shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you guys will ever wear. And that's Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. I was just on their website just a little bit earlier checking it out. It's so easy to it's so, so easy to, to peruse, so easy to navigate. They've got everything nicely sorted out into uh, all the categories and then subcategories that will take you to what you're looking for so quickly. And the best thing about Mack Weldon is they want you to be comfortable. So when you order something from Mack Weldon and you don't like your first set or pair or whatever it may be, you can keep it. And they're still going to give you your money back, no questions asked. And for all you athletes out there, I know we have a lot of fighters listening to the show. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. They're good for going out, working out, going out on dates, just hanging out everyday life. Whatever it is that you need to wear it for, you're going to look good. You're going to feel good. And they have a line of silver underwear and shirts as well that are naturally antimicrobial. That means they eliminate odor. So for all you fighters out there that they get that funk worked up in your workout, you wear that silver underwear brand, and that's going to take care of helping eliminate that odor. And I tell you right now, for your first order, you visit MacWeldon.com. We're going to give you 20% off if you use the promo code VALOR at checkout. That's V-A-L-O-R, promo code VALOR at checkout. You're going to get 20% off of your first order at MacWeldon.com. So be sure you check out MacWeldon.com today. Use the promo code VALOR. You're going to get 20% off of your first order. We guarantee it's going to be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and more that you will ever wear. So that brings us to this weekend. Not a whole lot going on stateside this weekend. There's an LFA card. Um, I want to say there's a combate card. Uh, I don't know if that's in the States or in Mexico. Uh, but otherwise, a fairly tame weekend here. But there is still action for you early birds. You don't got to be that early bird. You sure you guys are up by 1030 on a Saturday morning, right? That's when it all kicks off on Fight Pass. It's UFC Fight Night 136 going down in Moscow, Russia. So uh, the 10.30 Eastern is when uh, you will see that action live. So uh, it'll kind of take you up through your Saturday afternoon. I, I guess I know I'm spending my Saturday is watching a bunch of Eastern European fighters probably maul the, Amer- the Americans and the assortment of Asians they're bringing in to fight them. Uh, that uh, we will we will do our best to wade through this. Uh, we like I said, I preface this with, hey, these are a lot of um, fringier fighters that neither Justin and I are going to be completely familiar with. Uh, however, the, the the B side, if you will, the foes, we we should know a little bit about them. We're gonna give you our gambling advice where we see fit. There are a lot of big lines on this card. There are a lot of. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred favorites. So, um, and and the and the the totals have not been released yet. So I don't have the totals in front of me. Uh, so we'll only be able to play the side. So it's going to be slim picking on the advice this week, folks. But we're going to do our best. Uh, again, it all kicks off um, on this Saturday, September fifteenth, ten thirty a.m. Eastern Time on Fight Pass. And it kicks off with Bantamweights. It's uh, Tarion Ware 
taking on Mirab Dubishvili. Now, both of these guys have uh, they've been struggling in the UFC. You know, Terian Ware he's he's lost three in a row. Uh, that said, he has fought some very good competition since uh, since he has been in the UFC. They've they've made him fight uh, Cody Stamen, Sean O'Malley, Tom Dukanoy. Uh, he's you know he's going the distance with these guys, but he's just he's just not quite gotten it done. But he has showed some exciting stand up. He's an action fighter. He's made these guys kind of kind of work for it. However, his, the one thing that's kind of gone against him has been his takedown defense, and that is what uh, Divish Billy does. He's just constantly looks for takedowns. I think I read earlier that he had something like 45 takedown, offense, uh, takedown attempts in like two fights maybe. It, it was something really crazy. It was like one and a half shot uh, takedowns per minute. Uh, you know that that he hits not a not a extremely uh, exciting fighter, if you will. But I think this is kind of one of those winner 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 or I'm sorry winner stays and the loser may go home kind of fights. Uh, Divishvili opened at minus three fifty. Uh, Tyrion Ware he uh, comes comes back at plus two fifty. Since that time, however, uh, the uh, the books have increased Mirab Divishvili. To minus 550, so they are riding him hard. Uh, and now Tyrion Ware comes back at plus 425. Uh, I personally do think that Ware could, if he can keep it standing, he he probably will win the striking exchanges. Uh, but I just don't see him being able to uh, fend off the takedown enough to stay off his back. That said, I don't like minus 550, and it'll be a pass for me, Justin. Uh, yeah. Uh- Dosh Philly trains with uh, Ray Longo, Matt Sarah. Like you said, he's on a two-fight skid. Um, I kind of expect him to, to come back and look pretty good, though. And, uh, yeah, he's a huge favorite. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure why he's, why he's that big of a favorite, but uh, other other than being in Russia, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So it's a pass for you? Yeah, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't play that one. Okay. Moving on, we have welterweight action as Ramazan Emiev. He takes on Stefan Sekulic. He's a Serbian fighter. Uh, that fight is going to be uh, at welterweight, 170 pounds. And uh, Emiev, he's a really big 170. He's, he's a real big dude. He has a lot of, of, of good uh, forward pressure, heavy uh, wrestling base. And, uh, and you know, once he kind of gets on top of you, it's, it's kind of over usually. Uh, Sekulic, uh, he, he takes the fight on short notice. I'm not familiar with him at all. I know he's Serbian. I know he hasn't really fought. Uh, a whole lot of very good competition yet, and I know that he has fought some fights at 185, so I wonder if taking the fight on short notice like this uh, will potentially affect uh, his uh, his cardio. Uh, EMF is 17-3, and Sekulich is 12-2. and two. The odds opened up with EMF at minus 475, Sekulich coming back at plus 325, and uh, now he it, it, they've ridden the favorite on up more. Uh, Ramazan Emiev now minus five twenty five with Stefan Sekulich coming back at plus four fifteen. I do think again the favorite is right. Uh, I, I think it would be a, a stretch uh, for the Serbian to, to win this fight. But again, at minus five twenty five, I'm just not familiar enough with the Russian to, to lay it down. Just. Um. Emev was a was a middleweight too. He fought Sam Alvey in his debut. Uh, yeah. He got two wins, two wins in the UFC. So uh, yeah, I would say I would say that's uh, a good pick. I wouldn't put money on it. It's just just too too far stretched for me. Up next, we have a middleweight contest as Jordan Johnson takes on Adam Yandiev. Jordan Johnson and Yandiev are both nine and zero, and Johnson uh, he replaces Christoph Jotko on this one, so he uh, I think he still had like a month or so, but uh, I I want to say this will be his first fight at 185 pounds. He's fought mainly at light heavyweight. He's a very good wrestler. Uh, Adam Yandiev I do not know much about at all. I know he's a judo guy. Uh, I know that all of his finishes he's he's not I believe he's nine and zero, and all nine of his finishes have been in the first round. So he's really putting it on, motherfuckers. Uh, he's a submission specialist, very aggressive, very physical, but he hasn't fought in three years, which is also a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a red flag, I suppose. Uh, the, uh, the opening odds had Jordan Johnson as the favorite, the American actually the favorite over here, at minus 175, Adam Yandiev 
coming back at 35. And um, now uh, Jordan Johnson has been bet up to minus 250 with Adam Yandiev coming back at plus 210. Uh, man, this is a tough one to call. I think that Johnson's wrestling is probably going to be enough uh, to probably win a decision or maybe even pound him out. He's going to have to be careful of the submission. Uh, both guys, man, it's it's hard to fade a guy that's 9-0 and and, and has had all of his wins by finish and you're getting plus 210 on him. You know, so I'm not going. Yeah, I I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to say a half a unit uh, on Adam Yandiev plus two ten. So I'm going to put a half unit down to hopefully win one point oh five units. Justin, he stole it from me. Uh, I'm going to take Yandiev for one unit. For the full, you're you're saying fuck your half unit. I'm going the full thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think that you're going to find uh, a non-Russian win a decision. Um, this weekend, and this, I think this fight probably goes to a decision. So, uh, I think, I think uh, whether he deserves it or not, I, I think Yandev was, will take the decision. Moving on now to light heavyweight action. I like the theme here. We've got a lot of pretty big guys here, so we haven't had a whole lot of like smaller weight fights yet. I guess that'll change as we get on up the card. But uh, light heavyweight, it is uh, Marcin Prakniel taking on Magomed Ankalaev. And uh, and uh, Uncle Lyaf, he is uh, he, he, his last fight out. He he was just beating the shit out of Paul Craig. Just I mean, just dominating him. But somehow falls into triangle and submits with literally one second to go. But this is a guy that I still think will be good. Uh, he he looked great up until that point. He's got really heavy ground and pound. You know, he's a beast. Uh, Pragmiao, he's kind of more of a karate guy. Uh, he got knocked out by Sam Alvey, which is not good. And he's not a very big 205. So uh, I think he is in an uphill battle here against uh, Magomed Ankalev, who opened uh, on the books as a minus 350 favorite with Pragmiao coming back at plus 250. However, now uh, he has been bet up. It's Magomed now is minus 440. And uh, Pragmiao comes back at plus 350. Uh, again, I, I think the right guy's the favorite here. Um, I, I was really impressed with him the first time before he got submitted by Paul Craig. Uh, and I really think that he's just going to be, I just think he's going to be a little too physical. Uh, you know, I think he'll get Pragmiao down and, and I think he's going to probably finish with ground and pound, but I really just don't want to give up the minus 440. So I'll pass on a play. Yeah, I'm not going to play on that one either. These authors just blow me away. <laughs> it's tough. You've really, the way I see it, that really the only thing you can do is look for viable underdogs here and, and, and hope they cash and, and don't get carried away. <laughs> so, yeah, that or, that or just run a few parlays. I didn't I didn't run anything to see what, what parlays would pay out, but, I mean, you, you know, you just run parlays. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I will say, you know, just kind of even from what we've talked about so far, uh, or that Ramazan Emiev uh, together with this Magomed on Kaliev, uh, that's probably pretty safe. I don't know exactly what it pays back. I'm guessing it's still you're giving up at least probably minus two fifty. Uh, so it's still a pretty heavy juice to to make sure you. But I think you're going to get them both. And there's probably we're probably not finished with those types. And so I think we could probably add a third leg to that parlay as we go. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely be playing three or four fight parlays on it. Yeah, you've got to. Even with these odds, you know, two teamers are still going. You're still going to be laying nearly 300 on the juice. Um, up next, we've, we're starting to get into some more name guys here. Uh, we've got lightweights. Mareback Tysumov takes on Dez Green. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, another one where the uh, the Americans got an uphill battle. You know, uh, uh, Mareback Tysumov, another heavy uh, pressure fighter. He's got five straight knockouts, three of which have netted him uh, bonuses, uh, performance bonuses. So, I mean, he's on, he's really hot right now. And uh, and he's going to be he's going to be a tough one to beat. Comes in with a record of 26 and five. Dez Green, 21 and seven. We have seen him on, uh, you know, shows like the Titan uh, FC and things like that. Uh, his last win was over Gleason Tebow, which is good. You know, it's a solid win, even though Tebow is on, on the decline. Uh, Dez Green known for having great wrestling. 
but I just don't know that he's going to be able to do anything with Tyson Moff, who opened up at minus 350 with Des Green coming back at plus 250. Uh, now that has been bet up. Uh, Tyson Moff is now minus 470. Des Green comes back at plus, plus 375. There is an argument, I think, that maybe Green could could get – get his wrestling going and, and eke out a decision, but man, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really plus 375 is tempting honestly, but I'm just have a feeling that um, he's not going to go over there and get it done and uh, I'm going to pass on this one. Justin? Do you know how the last month is going for Desmond Green? No. Uh, let's see. It looks like August 18th he got in a, a wreck where he oh. was at fault and two people were killed. Oh in the accident. I had no idea. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's a little bit it's I, I've heard a, a couple of things about this, but I haven't heard like anybody say, you know, for sure if the fight's even happened or not. Oh, wow. Um, it, it said he only had minor injuries, but like I said, it was, he was at fault and two people died in the accident. So I'd say that, uh, you know, probably going to play a factor in the odds if, if the fight does come to fruition, the odds are going to probably uh, swing even more come fight night. Um, oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would definitely stay away from that one. Up next, uh, we have what may be, well, not quite our biggest favorite, our I mean, second biggest favorite, though, uh, of the night. It is lightweight action as Rustam Habilov takes on Ragin' Cajun Johnson. Uh, Rustam Khalilov, uh, he hasn't fought in about a year, uh, but he he beat Des Green, and who we were just talking about. And this fight was actually supposed to happen in March. For whatever reason, it did not happen, and it's going to go down here now in in Russia, which I'm sure it wasn't supposed to be in Russia originally. So, uh, you know, really good. He's uh, he's 22 and three. Uh, Cajun Johnson comes in at 23 and 13. And he's he's kind of had a little bit of a renaissance here in the in the past year or so. And and he's, he's won some fights. He's got a, an exciting striking style, but I just, man, this is a really, a really tough one. Um, you know, the last time out, he lost the uh, arm bar just in August. It was just like just a few weeks ago to uh, Islam Machayev. And uh, this is a guy that the UFC is not real high on. You know, he's, I think he has a lot to do with, he speaks out against uh, fighter injustices and whatnot, I think. And that is, uh, I don't see the UFC putting him in any fights where he's going to be the favorite at all. And Kavioff, uh, he opened at minus 475. KJ Johnson opened at plus 325. That has blown up now to minus 750 for uh, Rustam Kavioff. And uh, KJ Johnson returns at plus 525. Uh, if you wanted to throw this Kavioff uh, into a parlay, I'd say that's pretty safe. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's the only way I would play on it. Kavioff really came onto the scene about the same time Khabib did. And at that time, I thought that Havilov was going to be the one that, that we were looking at now as, you know, uh, being a great champion. Um, he's had a couple of setbacks, but I think that all around, I think he's uh, more solid than Khabib is um, in all aspects of, of the fight. Uh, but, yeah, just throwing Cajun to the Wolves. Sure. <laughs> now, for do you, remember when Hobby Love, do you remember when Hobby Love debuted against uh, Vince Pichel? Oh, man. I, I, I th- he made me think that Vince Pichel sucked. I, I, at the time, because I didn't know, I didn't know how good he was going to be at the time, and I was like, "Man, this Vince Michelle guy, he sucks," you know, and he doesn't suck at all. He's pretty he good. He's pretty tough. No, yeah. But he made him look like he didn't belong in there. Yeah, he ragdolled him, knocked him out with suplexes. <laughs> yeah, if he gets his hands on uh, Cajun Johnson, I don't see. I see him going for a few rides as well, most likely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and now on to our biggest, our biggest favorite of the night. It's bantamweight action. Is Peter Yan? Uh, it comes in to face Jin Su San, and I uh, don't know much about Mister Jin Su San, but I know that Peter Yan is the real deal. I know he's a badass. I know that he was the ACB champion. Last time out, he knocked out uh, Where My Bitches to Rudo Ishihara, who I really love, but uh, he didn't have anything for him at all. And, uh, man, this guy is uh, – he's he's the guy that, that I think they're going to 
see really climbing up the uh, the 135 ranks very quickly. Nine and one, he comes in to take on a nine and two uh, South Korean Jin Soo Son, who is uh, with the Korean Zombie Camp. From what I gather, he takes this on short notice uh, for Douglas Andraj. When and now that fight would have been good. Now I, uh, Douglas Andraj and Yon, that would have been. That would have been one to get excited for. Uh, as it stands, I don't see uh, the South Korean have much having much of a shot here. Uh, the odds open. Peter Yan opened at minus five thirty with uh, Jin Su Son coming back at plus three fifty. Now that has been blown all the way up to minus nine hundred. Peter Yan is Jin Su Son at plus six hundred, and uh, yeah, I see. I. I I can't give up minus 900 on anyone and can't take the it's it's I feel like I'm flushing my money down the toilet chasing plus 600 on the South Korean and even putting it in a parlay is probably not going to help it too much. I would uh, suggest waiting and see what the total is when it comes out and take the under Justin. I think uh, this one and the uh, Rusam Havilov would be good to take on on big parlays. If you had, you know, three or four that, you know, you're pretty sure on, and then throw Peter Yon and uh, Rustam on top of that. Um, I think the your end result will come out pretty good. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what those all kind of equal out to. Well, maybe we'll maybe I'll calculate that here while we're on here. I can probably do it as I talk, multitask. Um, yeah, see, see, see if you run six or seven. I mean, you know, because the odds are going to swing in your favor every time that you had a fight. So yeah, absolutely. Once you, once, you, once you get that high, I mean, even though you know it may end up coming back at you know close to even money or something. Yeah, and I don't really think we've talked about too many of these underdogs that I give too much of a shot to, honestly. You know, there was the one guy that, you know, we both took a shot on Yandiev, but just because he was fighting the American, and the, honestly, that's still been one of the lower odds that we've talked about. Yeah, I'm about to take an underdog here in a second. <laughs> All right, up next we have middleweights, and uh, this one this one's interesting. Here uh, we have CB Dalloway, the Doberman. He is going to be taking on Khalid Murdazaliev. Hope I didn't uh, murder that too badly. Uh, last time out, uh, CB Dalloway had uh, he wins by disqualification after Hector Lombard knocks him out after the bell. <laughs> Not exactly the most. Uh, the best way to remember CB. But that said, CB has been fighting well. He's got good wrestling and, and good striking. He's, he's a tough guy overall. Uh, Murdozaliev, I am not familiar with at all, to tell you the truth. Uh, I know that 11 of his 13 wins come by uh, knockouts. He's taking on very short notice, and he has potentially gassed in the past. So taking this on short notice against a guy with against Dalloway who has shown durability and the ability to go uh, deeper into the fights, uh, that it, it makes this fight a little closer. And what do you know? We've got about the closest odds we've seen so far. As uh, in this one, uh, Khalid Murdozaliev, he uh, he opened. Uh, let's see. Actually, I, I don't see what he opened at, but I can tell you what he is now. Uh, he is uh, minus 150, and C.B. Dalloway comes back at plus 130. I am really tempted to play C.B. Dalloway here, but I don't – man, this other guy's he's coming in on such short notice, and, 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 and like I said, he's had some, some cardio issues in the past, potential uh, adrenaline dump. Does an American get it done here? I don't know. I'm – I'm afraid, and I'm going to pass. Justin. Give me the dog. You want to take CB doll away? Yeah, take around the I was thinking about it. Well, plus 130, so one unit? Yep. Justin Watson says, take the Doberman, CB doll away. You get plus money on him, so it's I, I really can't argue with it. I, I'm on the fence. I may do it. Who knows? I mean, some some American has to have some success out there, right? Yeah, CB did get blasted by, by <laughs> at the end of that round. Though. That dude's an animal. It, he, I'm pretty sure he he fell from like a an elevator, like broke with a minute. Oh my lord! Yeah, it, this, it was like the UFC. I think uh, he sued the the hotel or the UFC was it was at an event, and uh, he was at his at his hotel, and the elevator broke with him inside, and messed him up. I think. 
but he's back. I want to say I kind of remember a fight being canceled. Like it was, it was during a fight night, or it was like after the weigh-in or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me look it up real quick, but I'm almost 100 percent sure it was him. Yeah, I think I recall something about that as well. Well, that sets up our next bout as we get on to the quote-unquote main card, I suppose. And uh, we have got uh, we've got welterweight action, and it is going to uh, is going to feature a guy that uh, is a long term a long time vet of UFC, Tiago Pitbull Alves. Yeah, you know we've seen him struggle with his weight from time to time, but uh, you know he's a long time uh, UFC stalwart. Always going to be dangerous, heavy hitter. He's got a, he's got a grand a good ground game too. But man, they, he is in deep here as he takes on Alexi Konchinko, and this will be the first time um, that we have seen Konchinko in the UFC. He comes in very highly touted. This is like. He's 18-0. and 0. He, He's the number one ranked guy in Russia uh, outside of the UFC, has come up on the M1 global circuit. And so I, I can't really necessarily with any kind of uh, knowledge tell you the competition he's been fighting over there, but I can tell you that his, their records are really good. And there's just a lot of hype behind this guy, uh, enough hype to where he opened uh, as a minus 245 favorite over Tiago Alves and at, and now has been all, been all the way uh, up to minus 525, uh, whereas Alves comes back at plus 415. Very tempting now to, to jump on Tiago Alves, I think. At plus four fifteen, just because it's it's jumped so high, you know, when it when it opened at minus two fifty, I probably wouldn't have touched this fight. But uh, that said, um, I I think I am going to put a half a unit on Alves and just hope. Although, and at the same time, I can completely see this going real bad for him, Justin. Uh, yeah, so Stevie Dalloway was uh, UFC two hundred three, and his. He was, I guess it was after weigh-ins or something, um, but it was fight week, and his fight got scratched for it. But um, mess his back up real bad. But um, I think I'm going to do the same uh, half a unit on on Alves. He hasn't looked good in a long time, but you know, every now and then he shines, and you know, if he does it at the right time, it's going to be a big stage for this guy. Um, like you said, I know uh, he's got a lot of a lot of. Uh, steam behind him, but I don't know, Tiago's a different kind of animal. If he, if he comes in there to fight and he seems confident, uh, you know, he, he could uh, he could knock him out. So I'm gonna, I'm happy get some nerves for the, we could get some nerves for the debut guy, too. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Of course, that brings us to our feature contest, and it is in the heavyweight division. Oh, man, this one, this one should be interesting. This was a hard one to call. Andre Arlovsky. Long time UFC vet again takes on Shamil Abdurakhimov, and this fight is nearly a pick. And these last three fights, they get closer. Yeah, they're they're much they're much closer fights. And um, the, the the odds on this actually uh, have, uh, have 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 drastically flipped. Uh, to begin with, uh, Shamil Abdurakhimov, uh, he. He was the underdog. Uh, Andre Arlovsky opened at minus 215 with Shamil uh, Abdurakhimov coming back at plus 165. Now, um, people saw that line as being skewed, and I agree wholeheartedly, and the the public has bet it to the much more uh, palatable Shamil Abdurakhimov at minus 125, the favorite now, uh, whereas he was plus 165 against Andre Arlovsky, who is now plus 105, or is he opened uh, all the way up there minus uh, uh, two, uh, two something. So, uh, man, that, man, this is a hard fight to call. Uh, I think Arlovsky is, you know, he's, all, he's, he's really fighting pretty well right now, and he's, uh, you know, he's rounded his game out more. He's the faster fighter, but uh, the, I do think that the odds were way off and that uh, Dirkamov definitely has a chance to win this fight. That said, with them, with the, with the, Odds just going so haywire. I do think there's a little value now on Arlovsky at plus 105, and I'm going to go one unit on Andre Arlovsky plus 105. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm doing uh, one unit for uh, Arlovsky as well. Um, all right. So me and Justin both agree Arlovsky for uh, one unit at 
plus 105. To be able to get uh, a little bit of underdog money on that with him opening uh, the other way, I, I feel pretty good about it. You know, I don't I don't think I would have uh, liked to have given up the minus 250, but we'll take a shot at this and see, see how it goes. Uh, co-main event. Now, this one uh, <clears throat> with a couple guys that, you know, are still kind of on that, that outside front- uh, contender fringe, light heavyweights, Nikita Krylov. Takes on Jan Blakovich, another very close um, fight with the odds makers. And uh, that fight uh, opened uh, with uh, Jan Blakovich is minus 130, Nikita Krylov at minus 110. And um, it's, I'm sorry, plus 110. And it has stayed the same. That That has not, that is the first line tonight that hasn't moved. And uh, it's close fight. I, I don't uh, I don't really have a play on this one. I think it could go either way. I have a lean towards Krylov. Uh, I'm sorry, towards Krylov, but uh, I can't advise you to play this game, Justin, or this this fight. Uh, I'm gonna play just uh, just just it's a thing I'm playing. I'm taking uh, Krylov one unit. Krylov, Nikita Krylov for one unit. Yeah. Justin it's, says it's like in the UFC. He, he had several fights in the UFC and uh I'm not sure what happened. Um he lost his last fight in the UFC, but he was coming off of a six fight five five or six fight win streak, so um I'm not sure his last he lost to events uh in two thousand fourteen, yes. you know, but then, you know, had five wins in a row. Um so I'm not sure what happened with him there, but uh four wins outside the UFC coming back. Um, you know, fighting his his home country, uh, I think he'll be able to do it. Yeah, that's not, I, I I like that play. I do I do as well. But of course, he is minus one thirty, so Justin will be putting up one point three units to win one unit and uh, taking us into our main event. And this is uh, scheduled for five rounds. I don't know if we're going five rounds or not. It's heavyweights and two older heavyweights at that, two forty something year old heavyweights, and they are very different. Mark Hunt, uh, man, Mark Hunt, uh, a guy that's been around for so long, such an exciting striker, He's a, such heavy, heavy strikes. He can put you down with one and so tough, so, so, so durable. And he takes on Alexi Olenek, and he is, uh, he's the opposite. He's a submission guy. He's going to be hunting for submissions, and this that makes this a really tough fight to, to figure out what's going to happen. You know, I, I really um, – these older guys, you know, I think that uh, they become a little more chinny as they as they get older up into their into their career. Uh, so I really I really don't know. I'm going to lean towards Hunt eventually putting it on his chin and knocking him out. But again, sorry to disappoint. I got to pass. Justin. I'm going to take Hunt on that uh, by knockout. This is uh, actually the, the third oldest fight in UFC history. The first two both had, um, uh, oh, Jesus, leaving me. Randy Couture. Yes, Couture. Yeah, Randy Couture was in, in the two oldest fights where uh, the combined age was like 90 and 94 or something. The combined age of this one, I think, is 88. Oh, wow. Uh, so these are two old guys. Um, Linux, you know, I think he's, let's see, 41 or something. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, he's 41. Um, I think Hunt's going to knock him out. I think it'll probably come pretty quick. Olenek, he, he comes to the fight. I mean, he wants to, to get in your face and take you down. Uh, but he takes he a lot of shots coming in. Uh, probably play right into Mark Hunt's game, I think. Mark Hunt, he opened at minus 215 with Olenek uh, coming back at plus 165. The money has actually come in on Olenek as now Hunt is only one minus 170, though Olenek at plus 150. So, Justin, you're playing a full unit on Mark Hunt? I'm going to do 1.7. 1.7 to win a unit. Got it. Mark Hunt, as the money is coming in the other way, that may be the smart fade. I, I actually, I like that play too. I like all, I like these plays. I just don't have the balls to pull the trigger myself because I don't. Uh, I just, I don't know these. These, I, there's so many unknowns with these Europeans, and so uh, we'll see. To recap here, I only make three plays. Uh, I got a full unit on Andre Arlovsky, a half a unit on Tiago Alves, and Adam Yandiev. Uh, Justin plays the full unit. 
commented on Adam Yandiev, CB Dalloway, Andre Arlovsky, Nikita Krylov, and Mark Hunt, and then throws the half unit flyer with me on Tiago Alves, coming way back at plus 415. To uh, finish last week, of course, I come in plus 0.96 units to the good. Uh, Justin at plus point, uh, plus 1.8 units to the good. So we've got we're playing on house money this week, guys. Uh, and we preface this with again, <laughs> we're uh, this these we we apologize if uh, we've led you astray. This is just advice. We're doing our best, and it's free advice. So we take it take it or leave it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we we come through with some winners and some more. Um, more recognizable and easier to analyze fights next week, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that will do it for another episode of the Valor Hour. This was flown by. We'll be excited to see how all these fights pan out next week. We will cover uh, how we did on these and uh, and look forward to the uh, the next uh, event. I, is, is there UFC next the next weekend, Justin? Are you aware? Uh, I don't think so. I can't. Uh, I can't recall when. Uh, when the next uh, big event yeah, is. There is a. There is a fight next weekend because I know we were coming into like a, a three week stretch. Oh, okay. I know. There's two. There, we've got Bellator. We've got Bellator, and we've got UFC in Brazil. We've got uh, Bellator 205, which is uh, AJ. I think AJ McKee's fighting in that one. And then uh, the the next night it is UFC Fight Night 137 in Brazil. And so we will have a look at both of those uh, events and uh, give you uh, some advice and also recap this uh, UFC Fight Night 136 in Russia, as well as uh, potentially uh, some interviews as we get ready to gear up for the coming months uh, and the, uh, the events that we'll have coming up here in our own region. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Ogle, Elrod, and Burrell. Let them turn your wreck into a check. And, of course, Mac Weldon. Be sure to use that promo code VALOR, V-A-L-O-R, for a 20% discount on your first order online at MacWeldon.com. Justin Watson, I'm Jim Lloyd signing off. Episode 79, VALOR Hour. We're out. For more information on upcoming events, visit ValorFights.com or find them at Valor Fights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is a Rush the Field quick fix on Radio Influence. Probably the biggest story of last week for the first time since 1986. Kentucky wins a game against Florida in the swamp. Unbelievable in terms of the upset factor, but maybe this shouldn't be considered a big upset here in 2018, Chris. Well, here's the thing about it. Let's take a look at Kentucky. And gosh, I remember the last time they won in Gainesville. That was... 1979 and <laughs> and it, it didn't seem like it was that long ago and, and I, obviously I got to look at the calendar and say well yeah it was and it was Kentucky's got uh quietly a number of NFL players on their roster this is a program that's been developed well Mark Stoops there's been a lot of criticism he's not winning enough you know fortunately that they've done a really good job of understanding of who they are and understanding that you're you're likely not going to win big time uh, at Kentucky, that you've got to be patient and let a coach build his program, develop his coaching staff. The facilities are very underrated over there. Um, they've done a really good job there, and I think that they've they've found good players, but they've been able to develop them. Wilson starting to become a dual threat quarterback. Offensive line played well. Listen, this game was won up front. They control the line of scrimmage against Florida. They had turnovers in the game at Kentucky, but they overcame them. They were more physical than Florida. And from Florida's standpoint, look, don't panic there with, with, with the Dan Mullen. The talent level is not elite right there. Okay, it, it, Florida, it's not elite. I know you look and you say, oh, they got more talent than Kentucky. Well, just individual and counting five stars, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how a team's been developed, no, they don't. And that's going to take time for Dan to develop it. 
Rush the Field with Scott Seidenberg and Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.